to MCU Rewatch, your journey to Avengers Endgame while we watch each movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am your host, Mark Turcott, and joining me for this episode, as always, Mr. Paris Lily. Paris, what's up, man? All right, let's do it. <laughs> Thor, the Dark World, I'm ready. We're doing it, man. We're doing it. Uh, and the other voice here you'll hear on the show, Swain. Swain, what's up, man? Oh, man, I love Dark World. I don't know about you guys. I got so much. I got like 45 minutes of content here. Let's Said get going. no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, everyone, we are talking about Thor the Dark World on this episode. And, uh, you know, I, this is going to be an interesting episode. I think up to this point, we've kind of dove through the plot and, you know, kind of got into some things. And we're obviously we're going to do that on this episode. But this really is just the... Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I can say sum it, it up. I'm going to say it right here. Oh, yeah. It's, give, give us your summary. Give us your summary first. Okay. Uh, Marvel uses 112 minutes to introduce an Infinity Stone and completely ignores anything else happened. <laughs> All right. We're done here. Yeah. I mean, that, that, <laughs> I that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say here that this movie for me is, especially after the rewatch, it's my least favorite of all the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is my least favorite, hands down. Like there, there isn't even I can't even. I, I like the Incredible Hulk more than I like this. I, like leagues more than this. I am not prepared to put it at the bottom. Um, I'm prepared to put it second from the bottom. What's your bottom um, then? What's your bottom? Incredible Hulk is just really? absolutely terrible. See, see, I, I I would argue watching it. Like, obviously, we just did the rewatch of it. Yeah. I see what they were trying to do in 2008, and I can somewhat respect Ed Norton's vision, at least the first <laughs> half of it. I know we're talking about a completely different movie, but right. this, oof, they, oof, I, I, it's hard I to defend this one. The, the, this one with, like, if you put Taika at the helm of this Thor, it would be so much better, obviously, but it had it had those opportunities throughout the entire movie to be a better like a, to have a little bit of funniness, a little bit of like like drama. It had so much opportunity that it never hit on. It came close in some areas for me to become more than it is. But they kind of just tried really hard to make this like really emotional Thor movie when they should have been making like a fun like like almost like not horror but like the dark elves could be scary you yeah. could do something like along those lines and make it more of like you're being like they're being chased down to find jane foster rather than like just take it straight to asgard and like yeah, yeah. there there's there's so much here that they kind of just like shoehorned into a movie yeah, I mean, I will say visually, this movie is pretty awesome. Like, that's one of the things. This was really our first true, true, I guess, vision of Asgard. It's sure, the we first, got like cosmic feeling, yeah, Marvel movie because yep. there's much more than Earth, Midgard. Uh, they kind of they hit a few other of the planets too, yeah, even though yeah, there's no, like nothing yeah. on them. Mm -hmm. uh, they really introduce you to more than just one, and they they take you really far back. Like they take us back to Bor and but like mm -hmm. Odin's father. So that thousands upon thousands of years of like history right there, kind of being thrown at you, and the convergence happening. And I think part of this was I think 
back in 2000 when this came out when did this one come out october uh i'm sorry november 8th 2013 was it worldwide didn't around this time there was like this weird like uh aligning of the planet like actual like in real life thing that kind of i feel like it had something happen in real life where like all of the plans were kind of kind of a line and there might be hmm. some sort of like we're going to cross over to the other side it, it kind of like the 2012 thing where everybody thought the world was going to end like yeah, right. right do you remember that there's <laughs> yeah. there's a little bit of that in this and they're like no one remembers it now and in the moment like i think maybe they were trying to play on that a little like the convergence happening all of the world's kind of lining up into one uh straight line and the the reality getting really thin between them so even though that, like, they talked, they hype it up so much, but like, not much besides like jumping from planet to planet happened. Yeah, and I think you know, you you mentioned how, I guess, kind of serious this movie is, but like at times they do almost try to bring in the comedy a little bit, but it just kind of falls, I think, flat on its, it's face. I'm trying, so think, flat. I'm trying to think of a scene where it happened, and like, it, it really a lot of it is when they kind of go back to you know to Earth, and I mean, really, the only thing that is funny is uh what's his name is uh selvig he's the only one that's yeah. funny when he's running around butt naked at uh at stonehenge i mean that that's hilarious but other than that and then even there's moments i i felt where like chris hemsworth was oh he came talk- so close but, to being funny with but, yeah, like but a- even there were moments where like he's talking with an accent but then moments where he's not and some moments where he's talking very formal and it was just like which thor are we getting in each scene it was like the the movie just seemed to be directed just kind of there's all a, over the place. There's a know. part where he's interacting with Darcy when he comes back to Earth, and he's like, it, "She, it, it would have been a perfect it like moment for them to just have like something funny happen and just kind of lighten the mood because they had that really serious moment where Thor shows back up on Earth, and it's like, yeah. um, they, like I said at the beginning, they take everything in this movie, everything that happens in this movie, no one addresses it ever again, like. <laughs> They, they completely cut Jane Foster out of everything. I know, which is crazy. After this point. And you don't see Darcy. You only get a little bit of Eric Selvig every once in a while. He's in Ultron. And that's because he's like, he's a really good character. He was involved in a lot of the movies. Yeah. And it ends up being this thing where they're just like, okay, nothing happened. Like, nothing happened at this point. And my biggest problem was, we talked about in the previous episode, no one else shows up to help with this like tony can't show up tony would 100 percent want to be a part of this yeah. fight that happens at the i'm just gonna jump to the end because like there's no point in like yeah. walking no no, through no that's this what i'm saying dude this is a free yeah. we're free flowing this episode yeah yeah, this yeah, is yeah. we're just, just talking. like we're that big battle at the end where like wouldn't tony know that some shit was going down dude in that moment like this this i'm sorry Paris, I, real I, quick I, though i just gotta say this this isn't even just like a villain like a homegrown villain this is a giant spaceship that came yes. from outer space or i mean obviously not outer space but another world tony would be there in a heartbeat especially after what he saw through that wormhole yes. either that or he's cowering in the corner because he's having the worst panic attack he's ever had in his life because now he's seeing a ship on earth like and i will say again where is the freaking world council and shield they would have been all over this as yeah. well <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's hilarious. In in the future movies, they completely address all of the disasters except this one. They're like, oh, DC. Oh, this this happened in Sokovia. This happened over in um in Africa. 
no one ever is like, oh, in UK, uh, a ship showed up and destroyed all of like yeah. this one <laughs> campus. Destruction, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and it was just like Thor just fighting a guy. <laughs> now, now I'll say one cool thing that that did come out of this movie. There's really two, but the one I want to talk about now is Selvig. There is a scene, and there's a bunch of theories on Reddit and all that about this. Selvig actually predicted the snap in this movie. And the effects of it breaking our reality and opening different dimensions and the whole thing, which if you go back to that scene, he's basically talking about Thanos doing the snap with all the. Is it when he's talking stones. to the old people or, in the, or like the mental home people? He, he, no, he's, he's, he's like, cameo. he's like, in his, my shoe back? yeah, he's like <laughs> in his same. classroom, I guess. And it's on the chalkboard. That's the mental institute. That is it. Yeah, yeah, that is it. So that's the scene. Yeah, you're right. That's hmm. it. That scene right there. So they're all thinking. So I mean, that would that would be a great callback. They're all thinking he's crazy, basically talking in the mental institute. But because, because remember, he was he was uh, taken over by the Mind Stone. So so the theory is is that the Mind Stone showed him all of this, uh, and that's that's why he knows. And he's all he's all he's not doing so well. Eric, Eric, yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the end, he's like. Uh, He's like, oh, is is Loki coming? And he's like, no, Loki died. And he's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. He's in there with no pants on. Um, we, we you know we mentioned the dark elves at this point, and of course Malekith being the uh, the uh, bad bad guy in this movie. Uh, personally, for me, and part of it is because I do a show about Doctor Who, <laughs> and the current say. season yeah. that we're yeah. doing. Yeah. Christopher yeah. Eccleston is the doctor in the, in the first season of Doctor Who. And then we're just wrapping up the first season here as I'm recording that show. And I, I personally just like him as that character, at least in the makeup and everything. I mean, he is very, very sinister, but he never really gets to really deliver on anything in the movie. Like, he just isn't, I don't know. Like, I, I think they, there just could have been more to that they don't, character, man. They don't really, like, set up why. Why is he doing this? They like they spend very few moments really like giving you why the villain is trying to destroy everything outside of a, a want to destroy everything. He wants the ether, right? Isn't that kind of the whole thing they're yeah. chasing? And that's sure. kind of all set like up they, at the very beginning. But you, you see it happen, but then you like they hit it so fast, and it's like it's such a deep concept. Like it's not going; it can't be explained quick why he wants this thing or what this thing does. You see it briefly. You don't see it do anything. You don't see why he would want it. You don't see like where it goes or them protecting where it, like it just feels like they need it to use this to introduce it. Like, Oh, this is the reality stone. At some, and we're going to use this movie to just introduce that and just put it off to the side until it needs to be, you know, used again for our long-term plans. Oh, I and also we have to do a movie with Thor because we signed Chris Chris Hemsworth yeah. to a contract. <laughs> Even though I I do like Odin at the beginning explaining everything. I that that part I like. It does give you, like you said, it's quick, but it gives you some backstory as sure. to what's going. It's just on not enough. It's yeah, not it's enough definitely not enough. Paris, really I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Watching it again, you know, I was able to pull more from it. I think, but. This movie is such like a stark contrast to some of the other films that I had no idea what the hell he's talking about. Like, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, as as crazy it is to say that, like, Odin yeah. is just he's mentioning all these things and these dark elves and all, and you're just like, what? This movie is so different than really any of them up to this point that I, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, 
what are they talking about? Like, what is this? And you know, the movie kind of begins, and you know, you're in Asgard. You know, you know, you're kind of um, in more of this fantasy type area. Uh, but it just has this feel where you're like, all right, this is going to kind of be like Lord of the Rings because it's kind of going through all that, this real fantasy movie. And then, I, I don't know, man, this movie just for me is not, I, I have, half the time I spent it just wondering, like, I remember the first time, especially, I mean, this time, obviously, I was following it more because we know more of these characters. But, like, what is happening in this movie? I remember the first time I watched it. Like, it just never, and part of it goes to maybe what you're talking about, Swain, where it just never felt like... I knew what the motivation for the Dark Elves really was. And, you know, they do mention it when watching it back. Odin does kind of walk you through it. But the first time you're watching it, I think you're just not paying attention enough to really know. And so it just as the movie goes through it or as the movie goes on, you're just you're lost. And my, I mean, dude, my wife, I, I mentioned you guys before we went on on the air because I'm trying to watch these with her because she hasn't seen all these movies. And I mean, she was bored within the first like 20, 30 minutes because she was just like, <laughs> I have no idea. what. Yeah. She was on her phone on Pinterest or whatever. She kept kind of peeking her head up and looking and be like, oh, yeah, just right back at her phone. Just lost. Yeah, I mean, it's, people that aren't it's, big fans into the Lord. They have no clue what's happening. Yeah, it feels like a, a hyper lore episode. Like if someone yeah. wants to know more about the Thor universe and have it come at, to life on screen, it's like someone read a bunch of like Nordic, you know, tales and was like, "All right, <laughs> time to time to do a movie about it." Yeah, like fully and really flesh that out too much. But there's, man, I I love Thor and I love that whole world that they set up and the. And the characters that are in it, like the warriors and all yeah. of that, but they like, they never do them do right by they them. They haven't had justice yet, you know. The, I mean, I, I'll say the the best scene happened. The best like Thor scene happens in this movie when <clears throat> Frigga dies and they do the the send off, like the Viking funeral yeah, for that cool, for yeah. Frigga. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the coolest looking scenes. In the like, at least they the Thor the universe and all that. Yeah, and the same thing that happens to Odin eventually, where he like kind of just like disappears into the wind, is what happens when uh, Frigga goes off of like the waterfall and he like, you know, stomps his staff down, mm-hmm. and she just disappears into the you know into space into the the stars, and that's like, yes, that that kind of that imagery was what made this a lot better for me. Yeah. Now, Paris, what else you got, man? <laughs> Loki. Yes, got to talk me, about Loki, he, right? He is the saving grace of this movie in that I love well, a couple scenes I love with him, but the one where you first meet him and he's he's in prison and he's obviously given the illusion of he has everything together and all that, and then when the illusion goes away, you see that, yeah, he's legitimately torn up. That you know yeah. that that his mother has died and, and all that he shows real emotion. You know that he cares. And then the other scene that I love with him is when he's walking through the hall with Thor and and he turns into Cap. Oh, Just, so I good. Love, I, yeah. I love that. That, that was great. That, <laughs> yep. that was a great little cameo that they threw they, in there. So there's a I was reading today that when he dies, he was actually supposed to die in this movie. Like that was going to be the end, but it played so poorly to test audiences that they were like well, we can't really have Loki die now because no one wants that. Like, they, they really <laughs> didn't like that. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the end for him. And we talked about the previous episode. They can't just, like, they're having trouble just killing characters, even if it's for the good of, like, the movie or for the good of the their universe forward, is yeah. building. 
Um, so that makes the ending even more confusing. Why, like, how did Loki outwit Odin at that point? And you can't even pick up on how he outwitted them when he dies. It's like, oh, he just didn't die. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's the solution. He just I mean, didn't die. We have no clue how. We have no clue how, like, he faked it in the moment. Uh, they found the body, but, like, did was he still playing dead at that point? And he kind of just snuck in? I, he's looking I pretty really, gray, too, man, if you ask yeah, me. The, like, he, he wasn't looking too hot. The end. So. The ending was just like, oh, what? <sighs> just how? 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 Just show me how in some way this happened, and I'll feel a lot better, but they don't. No. Uh, let's talk about, I think the post credit scene, because that really is kind of the, the, the one thing that like you mentioned, even in your, your summary, Swain, to kind of take away from this. So we do they see, they could have just played the post credit scene and we'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Volstagg and Sif go to the collector and give him the remains of the ether, of course, which is to be one of the six infinity stones. They don't even show them collecting the ether. What? At one point uh, he had it on. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Malakit got crushed by a ship. Yeah. And it just stayed there and waited for them to pick it up. Yeah. I guess, man, it's I don't fr- know. Very frustrating movie. Look, there, there's, al- there's always list. one black sheep, okay? This is just the black sheep of the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Thor Ragnarok, I think, makes up for it, man. That, that's the one thing. Like, t- I think they learned their lesson from this movie, and then moving especially into like Age of Ultron and, and adding much more humor to Thor and realizing what they could do with that character it all is the Ragnarok the saving grace here is that he does not have blonde eyebrows anymore yes. whoever was doing makeup and hair on that set did a much better job this time around blonde eyebrows uh, and then of course I mean we get the one scene too where you see uh, Jane Foster and Thor kind of reuniting right kind of at the very yes. end but the but again end. like we said you never hear from her again Oh, yeah, they got yeah. back together, and then why? everything else happens well, off screen. For I mean, we know obviously Natalie Portman why, but like character wise, like man, I don't know. Even though you, I, I, I will give, I will give a couple things on this one. So first of all, that was actually Chris Hemsworth's uh, real life wife. She stood in as a body double for that to do the kiss because oh, you notice you never you actually see her face in that. So that's actually his wife. Wow, they went back and shot that, that scene. Um, the second thing is, I do like, go, flash forward in the Age of Ultron, that you get to hear Jane Foster again, and that was that nice scene where basically Tony and Thor are competing against each other with their girlfriends, with Pepper and, and Jane, and then Thor goes, Jane's better, <laughs> at the end, <laughs> and walks away. So, but that was it. I don't think we hear Jane Foster again. Oh, well, actually, we do in Ragnarok. They, do we? That yeah, they basically, that they broke, briefly, they, like, they broke they're up. like, Oh, it was mutual, a mutual right. breaking. Man, breaking see, I forgot yeah. about that. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. There's, I mean, I'll put it put it here. She's not coming back into the MCU. So if anybody's thinking of any of those uh, threads where people are predicting, oh, maybe Jane Foster becomes like, no, just cut it out. Like they're yeah. not. They they yeah, ended it there. They, they cut they cut that off real quick in Thor. So yeah. my wife didn't like that she was in the movie at all because she's like she's uh, Padme. <laughs> she is not. Thor's girlfriend. <laughs> that was my <laughs> wife's issue. So, um, all right, guys. Well, anything else we want to talk about with this movie? I mean, you know, again, I think we all have kind of the I same think, feelings on it. It's. I think, though, I can say confidently, we've ca- crossed the threshold of Oof. terrible Marvel movies 
in the the Marvel universe at this point. We're like we've we've gotten past Iron Man three, we've gotten past Dark World, bright bright future ahead of for us. We have you know um, Winter Soldier up next. Mm-hmm. We've got Guardians. We'll be very quickly not not even two weeks away. We'll be talking about Captain Marvel. Yep, which will be a brand new movie. Um, and I mean, at, you could argue Ultron's bad, but I'm sure it's a lot better now. Like going back and rewatching it after Infinity Wars come out and everything. So there's a lot of meat on that bone still. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm very excited that we've gotten over the, the I would say the arguably the worst of this. Yep, the worst stretch. Yeah, sure. One thing, one thing, really quick, because we'll never talk about this movie ever again. So going back to the after credit scene, <laughs> just gonna where completely where ignore it, like Marvel. Yeah. Done. So where they're 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 giving the reality stone, they're giving the ether to the collector, and the collector makes the comment that you know basically five to go or whatever, right? So was he aware? Was he he obviously wasn't doing this for Thanos? We know that now. Was he trying to collect the Infinity Stones for himself? Maybe for to power? sell them to someone who needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, I that, think so. That's all. Because yeah. I originally thought, oh, he's helping Thanos, and then we find out, nope, he actually no. wasn't helping Thanos. Nope. So I always wonder, what was the collector trying to do? Was he just simply trying to collect them, or was he going to make a power move with them? Hmm. I think he just collected them, man. He, he that's that's his that's that's his, bag. his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always collects yeah. everything he can, and he yeah. just he knows of the stones, obviously, and, yeah. and so it's just yeah. another thing to put up on his, you know, in one of his cases in his in his room there. Yep. So all right, well, uh, that's it for us for this episode, <laughs> everyone. We're just gonna move right on past this one. Uh, next episode, sure, we will sweet. be talking about Captain America: Winter Soldier. So expect an awesome episode there. Stark contrast. Yes. Yeah, I know. Right, back to back, you have like the complete opposite, man. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, so thank you everyone here for tuning in for this. Oh, what you got, Paris? You want to say something? Oh, no, I wasn't going to say it. I was going to hold it. But since you, you called on me, I'm just going to say it right now. The best movie in the MCU, hands down, is next week. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one. Lots of a lot more than 20 minutes to talk about that. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you here for tuning in and making us a part of your week or your day. Thank you so much. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Later.